Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined by authors Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a distinct difference. Before we do get our show started today, I do want to take a quick moment to wish Larry a happy birthday. He didn't know I was going to do this, but you know, every podcast is fun, but uh, what a great way to celebrate your birthday by doing a podcast on managing to make a difference. So happy birthday to Larry. Uh, it's great to, great to celebrate the day with you. Yeah, wonderful. We'll get wild and crazy here on the broadcast. <laughs> All right. Okay, enough distractions. Let's go. It's fine. I, I'm, uh, I'm undressing. My shoes are off now, even as we're speaking. All right. Thank God we're on the radio. All right. So today's show, we're going to focus on Chapter 21 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. Uh, we're going to be talking about meeting people's needs and the impact of taking an individualized approach. So so Larry and Kim, we, you know, we've all heard about you know, giant policy and procedure manuals within organizations, the, you know, the do's and the don'ts of corporate culture, and some other antiquated management techniques. So this chapter is really about meeting people's needs on a really uh, individualized basis. You know, what you say helps to motivate them, increase engagement, and ultimately meaning in their work. You know, that's really the antithesis of, of policies and, you know, management by policies and procedures. Why did you decide to include this chapter in managing to make a difference? Well, from my perspective, I'll obviously let Kim speak for herself, but from my perspective, uh, this is one of my favorite topics. There is so much written about engagement and motivation, and there's a lot of good techniques out there, but we have to remember that engagement and motivation is not a one-size-fits-all proposition, that the best way to maximize engagement and motivation is to individualize one's approach with your employees so you don't treat them all the same way because not everybody is motivated by the same things and not everybody will find the same things that that drive their engagement. So you have to find out person by person what are their needs. And we used in, in, in the book and in this conversation, we use the word needs to cover a broad range, not just needs, but things you might qualify as likes or preferences, uh, not just needs, but we just don't want to keep repeating a whole laundry list of, of classifications. So we're just going to use the word needs to cover all of that, what motivates you, what engages you, et cetera, et cetera, what, what fires up your passion. Kim, from your point of view, what's the importance of this? We talk a lot about how important it is to build a strong relationship with the people on your team. And this is the way that managers prove to people that they matter. When, as a manager, when you care about what your people care about, they know that you care about them. And if, if you're going to express that kind of caring, you have to know them well enough to understand what their individual needs and concerns are and how you can address them. So the very first thing that a manager has to do is find out what someone's needs are, what their motivation is, et cetera, et cetera. And the easiest way to do that is is ask them. 
and you can ask them directly or you can ask them indirectly, but you, you, and Kim was talking about relationships, you have to have a good enough relationship with somebody so that they're willing to tell you what their needs are. I, uh, just to give you uh, one, one story here, I was at the Ritz-Carlton Naples, and they had uh, a person who was a, a concierge, and this person had great credentials, had a great interview. Excuse me, I'm having something in my throat. I apologize. <coughs> so while Larry, Larry, you know, doesn't choke here on his birthday, we'll keep uh, keep talking. So you know, one of the st- go ahead. You, are you back, Larry? I got to change my brand of booze here. This is <laughs> really not very smooth. Uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, I got to got to spend more money on that stuff. This this. Uh, and this white lightning is just is just <laughs> just a, a bear. It's it's water. Folks. Yeah. It's water. It, in any event, though, uh, there was a, a concierge who wasn't working out, and this person had interviewed well, had great references. All the lights were green when they hired this young man, and he just wasn't performing well. And I happened to be there, and they they asked me if. I could talk to him to see if I could figure out some way to motivate him to get him to do his job better. And it didn't, it, on this occasion, sometimes things just work. On this particular occasion, I sat down with a guy and I was just straightforward with him. I said, listen, I've been asked to talk to you because uh, we believe that you ought to be a star here in this department. And quite frankly, uh, your performance is not up to expectations, and I've been just asked to chat with you to see if we can figure out how to help. And the guy just said to me, he said, listen, here's the problem. They've got me opening this department at 5.30 in the morning, and I'm a night person. He said, I'm barely human in the morning, uh, (laughs) and I can't function properly in the morning. I'm trying, but I just can't. So, the solution here would be to transfer me to a night shift. And coincidentally, they had an opening on the night shift. So I went back and I delivered that message. And fortunately for everyone involved, the uh, uh, management was willing to uh, do that for him. And almost overnight, he became a different person. Uh, He loved working at night. He couldn't function in the morning. And it was that. So he had a need to work at a time when he could be at his best. And I know that there are plenty of listeners out there who would raise their hand and say, absolutely, I'm a morning person. And listeners who would say, I'm a night person. I really don't. I know people who are night people who don't get cranked up until after 10 p.m. and sometimes even later, for depending on who it is. And uh, there would be other listeners who would say, you know, it doesn't really matter. I can function well in the morning. I can function well at night. It doesn't really matter for me. But those are three rough categories that people are going to fall into, and it's going to be more or less intense. But with this particular young man, it was very intense. He needed to work on a night shift in order to be at his best. So that was a need. And the the more you can get to know your individual people, the more you're going to understand what their needs are and understand that what motivates uh, person X is uh, not necessarily going to motivate uh, person Y and so forth. Yep, Larry, what I you love told- about that story is that the answer was so simple. 
what a simple answer and what an easy thing to do in a, in a company of that sort to move somebody to the shift that works better for their body clock. So you, you talked about some great questions to ask, Larry, when you're thinking about meeting people's needs. Are there others? Are there other things we should focus on that you'd recommend you know, our listeners to do from a technique standpoint? You mean asking questions? Yeah, what types of questions or, you know, what types of things do you want to do uh, in addition to, you know, I want to meet people's needs. You know, how do you, you know, how do you tease those out and, and, you know, do you do that for everybody or is it just, you know, poor performers or top performers or, you know, how do you differentiate when you should do this on an individualized basis? You, you should do it for everybody and that includes your boss, you know, it, it, everybody you're interacting with. The more you know about what their needs are, what their goals are, what their aspirations are, remember, we're using the need, word needs to cover this whole slew of, of items I just mentioned. The more you know about that, the more likely it is that you can say to that person, listen, if you do what we need done here in this department, on this team, then here's what's going to happen for you. And different people, different needs. I've, I've seen cases where somebody had just had their first baby and uh, they, would, they, they wanted the babysitter for a night so that they could, they could go out uh, at, at some point in time. Or somebody would just come over and help them clean the house. Uh, so they could get get that off their plate. There's there are infinite number of unique needs. So you can ask them. You can say things like, "What do you wish you could do more of at work? What do you What do you like to do? Um, who's the best supervisor you ever worked for, and why was that person such a good supervisor for you?" And you can find out. Uh, the kind of management style that a, a person reacts to. And you can ask some of these questions or even all of them during the interview process. So you can find out during the interview process what somebody's needs are. Ask people in what situations they're at your best. I, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Um, my son is an adult and he, uh, the situations where he's at his best are extremely high-risk situations like skydiving and rappelling down the side of a mountain. And I will tell you something. If you are trapped on the side of a mountain and you need somebody to parachute uh, above you and then rappel down to the ledge to get you and grab you and bring you home safe, my son is the person you want to call (laughs) in that situation. Uh, and, you know, not, not everybody looks forward <laughs> to those kinds of situations. Uh, so different people are at their best in different situations. And that's one of the needs, if we put needs in air quotes here while we're talking, that's one of the needs uh, we're talking about. And right now I need to take a drink well, of water. And, and we're coming up close to a break here. And you guys talked about in the book, you know, the two questions, you know, once you've learned about what people's needs are, you've got the two sort of foundational questions you ask yourself as a manager, and that is, can I meet this person's needs, and do I want to meet this person's needs? I think, um, you know, the answer that to those questions obviously dictates what you do moving forward after you've, you've learned all this information about somebody. So when we get back from the break, I, I want to cover that a little bit further. Um, so as we do go into the break here, um, 
you know, join us, come back. You know, we also, you know, we get great feedback and questions from our listeners like you. So if you do have a point you want to make or questions you'd like our experts to answer for you, all you have to do is click that email host button just above the podcast description and we'll work some of those topics into our upcoming podcast. Your questions do help make the show a lot better. So thank you in advance for submitting those now. Even if one of your questions is, how old are you, Larry? It might be there. So, uh, so we'll be back here in just a few moments. Um, to talk more to to Larry and Kim um, about managing to make a difference and learning about meeting people's needs. So talk to you in just a few moments. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths. They help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been talking to Larry and Kim today about meeting people's needs. This topic comes from Chapter 21 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. And just a, a quick recap, you know, we in the first segment, we were talking about individualization, really learning uh, what's important to an individual to understand how to motivate them and how to keep them engaged, knowing that one size fits all. Um, that's not really a great management technique, knowing you have to do that for every single person. And right before uh, we left, I, I brought up to, to Larry and Kim, you know, they had these two really great questions, which I'm going to repeat here. Uh, when we're talking about meeting people's needs and, and individualization, you know, we asked the two questions, can I meet their needs and do I want to meet their needs? So I'm going to turn it over to Kim and to Larry to, to address that. Well, yeah, Larry and I had a lot of discussion about the difference between those two questions. Can I and do I want to are, are two very different questions. And we spent a lot of time talking about how important it is 
for people to be really honest with themselves about which question they're answering. Because a lot of times you're going to say, oh, I just can't help you with that. When really it's that you don't want to. You could, but you're not choosing to. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's very true. And the, the next point about this is that unless you can answer yes to both of those questions, you have to accept the reality that you are diminishing a person's engagement and you are diminishing your ability to motivate them because they will know that no matter how good they perform, you're not going to meet their needs. Whether you see it as can't or whether you see it as you won't, the fact is that you're not going to meet their needs no matter how good their performance is. So you're diminishing their motivation and you're diminishing their engagement. Kim, what do you have to add to that? Well, and and I think you said this, but you're also diminishing the odds that you're going to keep them on your team. So if they are someone who's a top performer, it's in your best interest to figure out how you can and will. Because if you don't, they will find a way to get their needs met, and it's very likely to be somewhere else. Yes, that's when it comes to engagement and retention, here's the principle. It's very straightforward. People will stay in environments where they're getting their needs met. And the fewer of their needs that are getting met in that environment, the more likely they are to start looking around for a different environment where they're going to get more of their needs met. And one of the things I'm fond of doing when I'm live in a classroom with people is ask them the following question. So I I hope our listeners will answer for themselves the following question. Whatever company or organization you're working for now, think back to when you first joined the organization. I would bet big money that most of our listeners would agree that one of the reasons that they joined the organization they're in now is they thought that they were going to get more of their needs met in the current organization than in the organization they left. That's how powerful this is. And almost everybody who's listening will come to the conclusion that, well, yes, that's why I left. I, I needed more money. I got, I was leaving for a promotion. I, I, uh, uh, I lived too far away from where I was working before and I had too long a commute. I didn't want that. There are all kinds of needs, but almost certainly you left your, your former organization and joined the one you're with now because you thought you were going to get more of your needs met. Well, what if what if sometimes uh, you know the rules of your organization, you know the policies and procedures you have in place, just don't allow you to meet some of those needs? What do you do, Larry? You have to accept the fact that those needs are not going to get met. So, if somebody has a need, for instance, to have a shorter commute, just saying, to, "Please stay. I'm going to give you more money." Right? Is it might it it might slow them down. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if that commute is really what is the issue with them, more money 
because you're probably not going to give enough money to make it worth their while. Uh, so a little bit more money is probably not going to meet that. On the other hand, if somebody gets into a life situation where it's really important for them to bring in more money, giving them other things like more days off or something of the sort, which has a value, but if it's not what their need is, it is unlikely to have a material impact in their engagement and retention. And so there are times when the, the, the rules of the organization just don't allow you uh, to meet somebody's needs, and you you have to you have to acknowledge the reality of that. Too too often in my career, I encounter uh, managers who want the answer to the following question: How do I keep people highly engaged when I'm not going to meet their needs? <laughs> and the the there is no answer to that question. There is no magic. You don't retain people. You don't keep them highly engaged. You don't motivate them when you're not going to meet their needs. And you, you can make any excuse you want about why you're not going to meet their needs. And, and those reasons may be entirely valid. But the fact is, you're diminishing their motivation, their engagement, and the likelihood they're going to be retained. I, uh, I want to tell you this story. Uh, I encountered this many years ago when I was doing some consulting for a long-distance telephone provider. This was a long time ago where people were, were uh, companies were intermediaries between uh, the, the end user and the phone company, and they would somehow make a deal and, and be able to resell long-distance phone calls. It's not an issue in our life now, but it used to be. And these companies, their service was so poor and they lost customers at such an, uh, a high rate that they actually had a department called the Winback Department. And this was a telemarketing department. And their sole mission was to win back customers who had left and gone to another long-distance company. So it was the Winback Department. And the people who worked in this department had to close 20 sales a week. They had to win back 20 customers a week. That was their quota. They had a 40-hour week, and this was all done on the telephone. And there was one young mother who was a single mom, and she could only work three shifts a week, three eight-hour shifts a week. And in those three eight-hour shifts, she routinely closed 100 sales. The quota was 20 for 40 hours. She routinely closed 100 in 24 hours of work. And there came a time when she lost her child care provider. And she went to her supervisor and, and she said, look, I need you to cut me some slack here. I've lost my child care provider. It's very hard for me to find uh, the next one. So it's going to take me a while. And in the interim here, I promise you that I will find three eight-hour shifts to work, but I can't tell you what days I'm going to work and what shifts I'm going to work. Where I, I just need you to cut me a little slack here. And uh, the, the supervisor uh, went back and checked with HR and uh, his boss and so forth and came back and said to this employee, I'm sorry, 
People don't tell us in this company what shifts they're going to work. Uh, we assign shifts for people. We expect them to fulfill those shifts. And so, no. Oh, and by the way, she also asked for a raise. She wanted to make uh, 40 hours pay, even though she was only going to work 24 hours. And, and he said, no, you know, everybody makes the same amount of money per hour, uh, even though she was so much more highly productive than the other people, even had they paid her for 40 hours. And they just said no. And she left. Uh, they weren't prepared to meet her needs. And in, that's an example of an organization that, yeah, the bureaucracy and the rules of that organization probably prevented that particular manager from meeting her needs. But it didn't change the outcome. She left. And when I was teaching a class and they said, what would you have done? I said, you know what? I would have given her everything she asked for. I would have said, listen, we understand what you're going through. We understand you need this right now. And by the way, it's a bargain for, to get 100 sales a week out of anybody uh, for 40 hours of work. We'll pay you 40 hours. It's a bargain at any price. So this company lost 100 sales a week because they couldn't find the flexibility to meet this particular employee's needs. To me, that just does not make any business sense. The arithmetic is very easy. And if, if she were working for me, I would have gone upline and fought for her. The business case is really easy to make. Uh, there, and I hope that companies today are more enlightened than that company was. We're talking 20 years ago. Uh, so I, I hope that companies today are more enlightened. But that's the kind of that's the kind of response that we hope you don't give to your employees. And I want to remind you, your other employees know very well what was going on there. They're watching you, and they're drawing conclusions about how you're going to treat them, and the degree to which you're going to extend yourself to meet their needs when they, when they, and they all have them. And, and the, the, the best managers, the best leaders really extend themselves to make sure they understand what each person's needs are and do their best to answer yes to those two questions. Can I meet those? And do I want to meet those? Well, clearly they could meet those needs, but they didn't really want to. Um, and they paid the, the price from a standpoint of, you know, the end day, profits, revenue, customer count, those sorts of things. Obviously, the customers you have are the easiest to, to keep. But uh, anyway, so we're going to take a break here. We're going into a break. Um, we'll be right back with more insights from Larry and Kim about meeting people's needs. Uh, a couple points here. A lot of our listeners have asked for some additional materials uh, to impact how they're managing to make a difference. So we have created a microsite just for that purpose. If you'd like to go check that out, you go to www.managetomakeadifference.com where you can download more information and supporting documents on the topics and lessons from the book, Managing to Make a Difference. Also, if you're interested in bulk orders of Managing to Make a Difference for your team or for your whole company, you can get a 20% discount on orders of six books or more at www.800ceoread.com. The web, the web address is also at our microsite at, uh, at managetomakeadifference.com. So we'll be right back, folks, uh, with more uh, from Larry and Kim, uh, and how we can talk about meeting people's needs.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths. They help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. If you happen to just be joining us today, we have been discussing meeting people's needs, uh, how you focus on individualization, knowing that a one-size-fits-all management style doesn't really work all that well, and how we need to cater to people's needs. And when we ask them about uh, what their needs are and needs being engagement or motivation or what to, what do you need to, to be exceptional in your role, knowing we have to answer those two magical questions, can I meet this person's needs? And do I want to meet their needs? Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Kim and uh, Larry to follow up on our last point. We were talking about a little bit of a story uh, uh, that uh, where uh, one organization actually didn't want to meet somebody's needs uh, to keep them around, and they were a top performer. So I'll turn it over to you, Larry and Kim. Yeah, and if Kim, you go ahead. The story. Yeah, if you missed the story, you know, go back and, and listen to the story or, or catch it on the on the record, or um, buy a book and you can read it too. There you go. <laughs> but the the story, the, the crux of the story is this. You have a top performer who outperforms the average by five times. She sold five times more than her peers, and she did it in 60% of the time that her peers did it. And this company couldn't figure out how to keep her by allowing her to have some flexibility to her schedule and by paying her full-time even though she couldn't work full-time. That's crazy that doesn't make any business sense and Larry made this great point about how as a manager he would go up the line and he would fight for this person and he would do everything that he could to meet her needs and to retain her in this story that may have happened the person did go to HR the person did go up the line and they got the answer no we're not going to do that 
and this is one of the hard things about being a manager. Sometimes you live in the middle, and you can see what the needs are. You can see what the smart move is. You know what's best for your company. You try to get it done, and you get told no, and you have to come back to that person and say, I'm sorry, I see your case. I believe you're right. I want to meet your needs, and I can't. And if you're in that position today, I hope that you pay attention. And I hope that as you grow in your career and you get to another place, when that comes up lying to you, you figure out a way to meet people's needs because you know that what's best for the people in your company is best for your business, particularly when they're top performers. And let me add to that, that even when you're not successful, people know when you're really fighting for them and when you're not. And just the fact that they know that you're extending yourself, you're turning yourself into a pretzel to try to meet their needs drives engagement and it drives retention because they know you truly care. And there are times when you just can't deliver, but they know you truly care. And that in and of itself is going to improve engagement and retention. So when... Go ahead, Kim. Go ahead, Kyle. No, absolutely. Go ahead. One of the things that strikes me about this whole conversation is that if we were having this conversation about how to meet a customer's needs, it would look very different. What, What do you say to that? I I couldn't agree more. It's always uh, amused me, to be honest with you, that when it comes to the absolute importance of meeting a customer's needs, everyone gets it. Everyone understands that the fewer of a customer's needs that you are going to meet, the less likely it is that you're going to retain that customer over time. If you meet few enough of the customer's needs, that customer is going to look around for one of your competitors who might be willing to meet more of their needs. Everybody gets this with customers. For some reason, they don't get it with employees. They want the answer to the following question. How how am I going to retain them if I can't meet their needs? There is no answer to that question. It's the same for employees as it is for customers. The fewer of a person's needs you meet, the more likely it is that they're going to look around for some other organization that will meet more of their needs. You know, especially when you think of, like, you know, you read of all, all the articles that are about, you know, 70%, 75% of America's workers are disengaged or actively disengaged in their work. Um, maybe this is the crux. Maybe it is where they're just, you know, it's so many policies and procedures and, and manuals for how to manage and not manage and what you can do and can't do. And people just need to say, okay, what's going on with, you know, my team and how can I help them to be more engaged? Well, it's meet their needs if you can, or meet more of them versus less of them. But what if you have, you know, big question there, but what if you have a culture of policies and procedures? What if you work in an organization where maybe one of our listeners does, where everything's about policy and procedure and there's really no way around it? Um, how do you change that culture? What, what, what should they do to start moving to this focus on meeting people's needs and increasing engagement versus um, now we can't do that here because of rule X. Well, this may be an answer that is 
is not uh, the kind of answer you wanted to hear, but uh, you're not going to change the culture. If you're a manager and this is a big organization, you're not going to change the culture. So you have to have a different uh, solution. That, that one is just not going to work. And think about the Army. I mean, now I, I uh, want to tell everybody that I was not in any of the armed services, but, you know, I I'm, I'm know enough about going up. They, they have a lot of rules and regulations right. and policies, et cetera, et cetera. But you ask a sergeant whether they're going to meet the individual needs of the new recruits, you know, this is a drill sergeant, whether they're going to meet the individual needs of the people in their charge. And, And we've talked to these people, so I'm not just making this up. They'll tell you they have to know everything about every one of the soldiers that they're responsible for, the soldiers who report to them. And I assure you, you sit down with one of these sergeants and they can tell you person by person how they're different and how they have to be managed different and led different, how some guys need a kick in the butt every 10 minutes and how other guys, uh, that would be the wrong technique for them. And they're, they're doing this all the time and they're doing it in spite of any constraints that might be placed on them. The best managers in the middle, as Kim was saying, the best managers in the middle figure it out. They figure out how much they can do for people and they figure out how to individualize it, no matter how bureaucratic uh, an organization is. Uh, sometimes, though, it it doesn't work. And I, I, I've told this story before. There, there, there was a, a big insurance company that owned, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 HMOs, health maintenance organization, HMO. And and uh, they were looking for a president of one of these. And all the presidents of each of the HMOs reported up to a group CEO. And it so happened that I was assigned to uh, analyze uh, this uh, particular candidate and r- make a recommendation to the group CEO. And I did the analysis on this individual, and I, I thought she was a very impressive senior executive. She was very entrepreneurial. She would have made a great president, but they had to let her do her thing. And I said that to the group CEO. I said, you've got to free her. You have a very bureaucratic organization because I, I knew them well. I'd worked with them for years. And, you know, she won't. She won't perform well in the bureaucracy. She'll do a great job, but you have to let her do her own thing. And he thought about it for three days, and he came back to me, and he said, I'm going to pass. We, we cannot meet those needs for her. And he was wise enough not to put her in the situation where he knew ahead of time they weren't going to meet her needs. Well, that's a good point on fit in terms of a standpoint of before you hire somebody, but what after? You know, what about you, you've already hired people and, and you you know you've done your your performance reviews and you know where everybody sits on the nine box and all those. You think about your you know the various levels of performance from poor performers to you know average to your top performers. Does does talent and, and thinking about somebody's talents and strengths uh, play into meeting their needs? So if they're asking for needs around a weakness, perhaps. Do, what do you do? Do you do you do you want to help them in that area, or do you want to just focus on where their areas of strengths are? 
Kim, what do you think? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, if, if somebody's telling you they need help, you know, the first thing I want to figure out is, is what do you need help with? And if you need help with something that you've tried it and, and no matter how much practice you get, no matter how much training you get, you're not going to get any better. I need to find another way for you to get that need met. I need to not try to fix you because we're going to fail if that's my approach. You know, if on the other hand what they need is some opportunity to get something, to get some training or to get some experience that is consistent with an area of strength where they really can grow, I need to get them that. So it's, the answer is it depends. And, and surely there's some overlap between somebody's strengths and their talents and their needs. But despite the fact that there's overlap, there's, they're different. So some you might have two very strong performers. One of them needs a lot of time from you every day. And one of them just doesn't, prefers to be on his or her own. So while there is overlap and somebody's strengths and talents can impact what their needs and their aspirations are and so forth, they're, they're really distinct. So uh, the issue of fit is very important, but it, it's not the whole thing when it comes to needs. So can you... Coming up for me in that story you were telling, Larry, about, you know, what happens to a manager who's in that kind of a role. One of the things that happens, say you're the manager, you're the manager in the middle. You have to ask some questions about how the organization's meeting your needs. Because if you want to be the kind of person who makes a difference and who does meet the needs of the people on your team, and you're constantly getting a no because of bureaucracy and policy and procedure. Uh, you know, the person in, this, in your story, the person was wise enough not to hire that person. But let's say you've already gotten yourself into that role. You're now in a position as that manager where your needs aren't getting met, and you may leave the organization, and maybe that's your best, your best move because you're not going to change that culture, and you need to get right. yourself into a culture that's more... Jim, I hate to cut you off. We're gonna we're gonna jump into a break here. I want you to come back to that when we do get back. And for Larry's birthday present, I would love to get five questions total. So click on the email host button uh, just above the podcast description and submit a question now. We'll be back in a few moments. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter. And people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths. They help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. 
Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Well, welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. This is our last segment of today's show, Managing to Make a Difference. And today we've been talking about meeting people's needs. And really in order to do that, to help with motivation, engagement, you really have to have an individualized approach. You have to think about what are people's needs? Um, can I meet them is a great question to ask. And do I want to meet them? Again, knowing that that one size fits all uh, management technique really doesn't work all that well uh, in terms of meeting people's needs and increasing engagement and, and motivation, of course. And we left off with Kim and I was telling us, uh, you know, about managing you know, from the middle, so to speak, like a lot of our listeners. So I'm going to turn it back over to Kim to finish her last thought. Yeah, the, the place I wanted us to, to pick up on was just that if you're managing in the middle and you're doing it in a culture that is really bureaucratic and has a lot of policy and procedure, you know, as Larry said in one of the earlier segments, you're not very likely to get that culture to change. But you may then find yourself in a position where your needs aren't getting met by the organization. And you may need to look for another situation for yourself with a different company that has a different culture that allows you to have more freedom to manage people in this individualized way so that you can meet their needs and so that you can make a bigger difference in their lives. You may have to change your own situation. Thanks, Kim. And, you know, one of the, the lessons in this chapter that I liked um, is that, you know, once, once you understand somebody's needs – you know, you're in a position to kind of make a deal, you know, and, and you, you think about well, how can we create some success or, or get some better outcomes, you know, that concept of, well, if you meet my needs for excellent performance, I'll work to meet yours. And, and there's a really excellent story that we haven't really talked about yet. And that was the hotel story, the turnaround story um, that that was in Pittsburgh. Larry, would you, would you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, this is a story uh, that was told to me by Horst Schulte, the legendary hotelier, uh, early in a career, in his career, he was given an assignment to be the general manager of a poorly performing hotel. And it was his first assignment as general manager. And the, the, the business results were dismal. And as you can well imagine, uh, the reason for that was the guests were dissatisfied and the hotel was old and tired. And it was, it was just, it was a a tough situation, and and uh, as Horst explained it, he gathered his executives together, and he said, "I want you to go home. I want you to talk to your significant other, and I 
I want you to come up with a career goal. What do you want next after we are successful in turning this hotel around and making it a highly successful hotel? I want to know what you want next in your career in this company. And they all went home and wrote it down. They all came back the next day and uh, he reviewed them. And every single one of their career goals was a reasonable next step for each one of them. So there was nothing outrageous in there. Like they wanted to be the president of the company. Right. And, and, and he said to them, I make a deal with you. When we accomplish this turnaround, I will do everything in my power to make sure that each of you gets what you wrote down on this piece of paper. And they shared it with each other. It wasn't a secret. And they did successfully achieve the turnaround. And Horst was successful in delivering for every single one of them the next career move they make. And the punchline of this story is everybody saw that. And how do you think these people would feel about going to work for Horst again if he called them up and said, hey, I'd like you to come to work for me. So uh, one of the reasons he achieved the status he's achieved, and it really goes beyond the hotel company. Horst is a, a highly regarded leader and he's on many boards now uh, and uh, it, it the reason he was able to achieve this status one of the reasons was he really understood his people he understood what they needed what their goals were what their needs were and he did always did everything in his power to deliver for those people what he wanted so he could always make the deal we do this together you get what you want I get what I want you get what you want. Everybody wins. Well, I think that's a key in, in this whole chapter. And you just said it, Larry, is that you know to help when you're focused on success or trying to accomplish something. You know, you've got a you've got a directional beacon for you, of course, and and that focus on accomplishing something together. But you can't meet people's needs. I don't think, and, and based on what you guys are saying in the book here, is that if you don't have a relationship with somebody to understand what's going to help them to uh, to be motivated or to be engaged, and it's all back to that key component of, of relationships, knowing people. Right. The closer your relationship, the more you're going to know about that person. You're going to know their goals, their aspirations, their challenges, et cetera, their likes, their dislikes. All of those things are coming under the umbrella term needs while we're talking here. So the closer your relationship with somebody, the more likely it is that you are going to understand what their needs are. And as a manager, you're going to be able to know how to help them. Sometimes what people say they want is not going to get them their ultimate outcome that they're looking for. And you as their manager, their coach, their mentor may come back and say, I get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. There's a better way to get there. And this is how we're going to get there. So, but you can't do that without the relationship and without really knowing somebody. You know, and um, while we're on the break, we got a really great question from A-Rod came in and he said, well, what if you really like the culture? You really like the company, but the job isn't quite so much perfect or ideal for you. What do you do then? Um, from a meeting need standpoint, what do you do? Kim, Larry? I'll tell you what you do. You take a lesson from Tai Chi. One of the basic lessons of the martial art Tai Chi is stay in the fight. Don't precipitously leave. If you like the company, and you like the culture, where you are right now might 
not be ideal and it might be very far from ideal, but stay in the game. Tell people what you aspire to do. Keep looking for an opportunity to, to get yourself into a situation that is more favorable for you. But you've got to be, you've got to be somewhat assertive about declaring what your goals are, what your needs are, why you like this, why you don't like this, and, and how it aligns with your strengths. And saying to people, I think I could add more value if I were in this other role. So that's what you do. But in that situation, I wouldn't leave precipitously. I'd hang in there and try to create another opportunity for myself. Kim, we've got about a minute and a half left. What do you think on that question? The only thing I would add to that is that this is a perfect time for you to start focusing on managing up. Build a stronger relationship with your manager. Get to understand what your manager really needs and think about how you could uniquely help your manager reach his or her goals um, in a way that works well for you and gets you into a better situation or into a job that fits better for you within that culture and that company. Well, thank you, Larry. Thank you, Kim. So, you know, that's most of the show for today. Um, Larry and Kim, I, I looked at, uh, at next week's broadcast. It looks like our episode is going to be titled Don't Sit on Good People. Obviously not literally here, but Don't Sit on Good People. Can you give us a little bit of a teaser of what the next podcast is going to be? Yes. The, the whole point there is too many managers who short-sightedly and selfishly hold people back because they're good and they're getting now punished for their good performance. The manager doesn't want to lose them out of his or her department because they're so good, And uh, but the person is ready for a transfer, they're ready for a promotion, and they know it and you know it, but you're, you're, you're just kind of sitting on them and you don't want to lose them. And so that's not the way the best managers and the best leaders, uh, that's not how they how they lead. So they are sitting on them, just yeah, not necessarily the right way. All right, well, that's that's our show today, folks. A big thanks to our hosts, Kim and Larry, for their insights on meeting people's needs and its impact on engagement and motivation. And a big happy birthday to Larry once again. Uh, you'd, if you'd like to email questions in, it'd be a birthday present to Larry. Uh, click that email host button, send your questions in now. And if you haven't ordered your copy of Managing to Make a Difference yet, it is available on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Um, so we'll see you next time for more tips from Larry and Kim. Uh, so until then, focus on how you can manage to make a difference in those around you every day. See you later, folks. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.